fullness of your glory that dwells inside of us. And we thank you for Jesus and all that he is in us and to us. We just exalt you tonight, Jesus. You wear the victor's crown. You've overcome. You're seated at the right hand of the Father, far above powers and principalities and rulers. You've been given a name that is the name above every name. And so we just acknowledge your name tonight. We just exalt your name in this place tonight. We thank you that by your name, we've been delivered, we've been set free, we've been made whole, we've been redeemed, and we worship you now from this place of perfection and this place of holiness and this place of lacking nothing. And so tonight, God, we just ask you as we dive into your word and Listen to what you have to say to us tonight, Lord. We just thank you that you're doing something exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, all that we can think, all that we can dream, our highest prayers, God. That's what you're doing in our lives right now. I thank you that you are working things out together for our good in ways that are astounding, in ways that are higher and our ability to to figure out. But I thank you tonight, Lord, that that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you is in operation, and that you've enlightened the eyes of our understanding so that we can see who you've created us to be, and we can get in agreement with what you are doing. So we just lean on you, Holy Spirit. I thank you that even as I'm talking tonight, I thank you that you're talking. I thank you that you're talking to every person that's listening to the podcast, God, from all over the world, actually. And we thank you that, Lord, you know every single thing about every listener. You know the number of hairs on their head. You know the thoughts that they think before they think them. You know the words that they speak before they speak them. You know every challenge, every problem, every trial, God. You know every promise that they're standing on. You know their destiny, God. You know every single thing that's going on in their mind and in their heart. And so, God, I thank you that you're speaking directly to them, each listener tonight, God. I thank you that even as I speak, you supernaturally expand it and make it relevant to every hearer. And so we're just going to go where you go, Holy Spirit. We yield to your agenda. We yield to your words. We yield to what you're doing in each of our lives tonight. And we thank you for just edification and encouragement and confirmation and direction and instruction and Whatever else you want to release tonight, Holy Spirit, we just depend on you. You're awesome. You're an awesome teacher. And so we just uh, thank you in advance for what you want to share. In Jesus' name. So I, I, as I was praying, I was just reminded of a, a vision that God's been speaking on several different you know, occasions as we're joining together for these 
Sunday nights and this podcast. And it's this picture of a, a very, very bright light. And it's shining on us and it's shining around us and it's really shining through us. And it's the same light that shone around the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. And it's this light that reveals, reveals identity. It reveals identity in a way that shocks us into a new level of identity. It reveals ourselves to ourselves. And as this light shines really, really bright, we just begin to see ourselves from God's perspective. And I know... I know we've heard, I mean, we've heard about our identity in Christ. We've heard about the new creation. We've, if you've been a Christian for more than a minute, obviously you've, you've, you know about your identity in Christ. But there is a, a deeper understanding that's coming with this light that's being shined on you. And there's a manifestation that you're experiencing of your new identity that's coming as a result. You're not becoming something that you're not. You're getting an agreement at a deeper level with what and who you already are. It's an answer, really, to the prayer and to the groaning of the world for the manifestation of the sons of God. And I just, I just release that over you, that this is a, this is a season of manifestation in your life. That the new creation, your true identity is being revealed in a greater measure. I just released it. It's just a it's, a, it's a transfiguration is what it is. It's what is invisible becoming visible in the natural realm. It's the Christ in you manifesting Whew. all around. And so we just receive that, Lord. And I pray that, yeah, that I just see that even as this is happening, that the seen realm kind of it's like the Apostle Paul when he was blinded naturally. It's this time where the, the circumstances and the things going on in the natural, it's just like the volume's getting turned down on all of that. The light's just not shining on that. It's just, uh, it's like it's becoming... Invisible. And all you can see is what was invisible. And so I just would like everyone just to put their hands over their eyes. And I'm just going to pray. So, Holy Spirit, we say yes to this blinding light. We say yes to these enlightened eyes.
that are flooded with light. We say yes to this awakening that causes manifestation of what already is. We say yes to this transfiguration, God, and this release of glory, of what's been hidden becoming visible. And we say yes to this agreement, Lord, that as we see it, we simply be it. In Jesus' name, amen. And I just kind of sense this. Um, he says those are, there's a scripture in, in Jeremiah, and I'll look it up really quick. Um, it's in Jeremiah, but I'll look it up here. It's the scripture that says, those that know their God will be strong and do exploits. And I just really feel like that there is, there's exploits that have your name on them. It's like, um, it's actually in Daniel. Daniel 11.32. That was Jeremiah. Thank goodness for Google. Here's what it says. I'm going to read it in the, one of these translations here. In the message, let's see. Now let me go down to the just, the NIV to start, it says, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And so I feel like there's these exploits that have your name on them. And these exploits are these, in one sense, it's like an assignment, but in another sense, it's like an adventure. It's a, it's a path that you're walking down that glorifies the Lord because you walked down it. And there are impossibilities that you're facing along this path and along this adventure that you're taking that are not humanly possible to, uh, to, to deal with. And so I don't know who that's describing. I don't know. Some of you already probably are down the path and maybe you've already hit one of these places where there's this like humanly impossible situation. But the key here that, that the Lord's highlighting to me is this idea that those who know their God, who know their God overcome. Those who know God overcome. And to know God doesn't mean to know about God. It doesn't mean to like read a story about him like you read a story about Taylor Swift, right? No, it means that you know him intimately and personally. And, you know, if you're listening to me, that's probably already the case. Of course you know him intimately and you know him personally. But this particular exploit or this particular adventure that you're on, there's no way to go forward without knowing him in the extent that you are one with him. There's a knowing him personally. There's a knowing him, knowing his voice, hearing his voice. But then there's a a way of operating and a knowing of him that comes from union. And it comes where you're not operating with him, but you're operating as him. And Jesus, 
you know, walked on water. I mean, he did things that were just crazy. And he didn't do it himself. The father in him did it. It was the father in him operating as one. And there's particular exploits that are in front of you right now that that require a level of intimacy and require a level of dependency where you are no longer operating independently. You are not operating, like I said, with God, but you're operating as God. Now, this may seem really foreign, but I know in my own life, God's been really really revealing just all of the different ways that we operate in my own life, even that I operate, I should say, independent. And Jesus in John uh, 15 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And we've heard that scripture before. And it's like we, we, it's like a lot of scriptures that we read a lot of times. We read them, but we don't know practically how to actually operate in that. You know, Jesus said, of my own self, I can do nothing. He said, only as I hear the Father, you know, this is what I do. But did Jesus turn around and told us the same thing? Apart from me, you can do nothing. But I feel like for a lot of us, abiding in the vine is not, it's, it's not a perpetual place we live. It's a place that we visit when we're conscious of it and we think about it when we pray or when we're in worship or when we're journaling or when we're, um, we're, we're abiding in a, in a sense kind of, uh, sporadically. But the life that God's calling us to live, he literally wants to build. He wants to build it through us. He wants to get the glory. He wants to teach us how to let him take, I mean, you know, it's kind of a cliche, but let him actually take the will and drive. Let him be, not us, you know, kind of drag him along, but really let him be the one that is, doing the work. And again, we've heard these scriptures for a really long time. But there's a place where I believe that he gets glory and he does something that he's really wanted to do through you. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened yet. And if there's a prophecy over your life, there's a there's a, a word that he's spoken to you. There's a promise that he's given you. And you're still waiting for it to manifest. And I feel like this key that God is giving us, or that is he's more like teaching us how to use, is this new level of operating. It's a new way of being where we are not even, not, not only are we just not, doing things independently, but we're not thinking independently. We're not judging independently. We are, we are really relying on the Lord to even tell us what to think. It's, it's, a, it's a reduction, if you will, of our ability to function 
outside of the anointing and outside of the grace of God. It's a settling into your union with God in a way that is more, help me with the word, it's like a, it's more congruent (laughs) and it's more um, natural than living apart from him. And it's a work that he's doing. It's not something that you like, it's not something that we go, oh, okay, now I'm going to do that. No, this is the Holy Spirit's work in us. It's a, it's a, it's a pruning. (laughs) It's a pruning of the ways of operating in our lives that are driven out of an old identity and driven out of the illusion of separation and driven out of a, a, a way of thinking independently and, and being apart from him because that's what we have been accustomed to our whole life. Uh, let me just read this in John 15. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. He says, you are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. And so, I mean, I'm just going back down this path again, down this path with exploits and this concept that there are giants and there are there are assignments and there are just things that we are called to overcome and subdue and to take dominion over that require us operating as one with God. And so it's like, how do we do this? I remember asking the Lord, a lot of times, you know, it's like we're looking for a 15-step formula to live victoriously or something. Three steps to live victoriously. But but our life with God is not, we're not following steps. We're not looking for like a formula that we can just like, you know, take, you know, let let me just take that formula, let let me implement the formula, and then let me get the result that the formula produces. No, we are living in a vital union with God. We are living, our relationship with God is a way of being. 
it, it is designed to be a oneness that we are living with God. And for most of us, I mean, we spend the large majority of our time under this illusion that we're separated and under this illusion that we're seeking God or that we are, we're communing with God, but it's, it's, it's not this place where we have become one with his thoughts and we have become one with his emotions. And it's really just an awareness. It's a consciousness. It's an awareness that just has to shift. And so it's really as simple as closing your eyes and becoming aware of the indwelling presence of Jesus. It's becoming aware that the scriptures that say that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit are not just, they're not theories, that, you, that the Holy Spirit, just becoming aware of the Holy Spirit that's dwelling in you. The same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, the very same spirit that broke him out of the grave is wearing your skin right now. And from there, becoming aware that we're seated in heavenly places right this moment, that we're seated on the throne of God Almighty, the creator of the universe. We're seated in the Father as he's seated on his throne. And it's this place where you're lost in your union. The Apostle Paul said this way, our lives are hidden in Christ. And so it's this place of of getting lost and and finding this, this place that Jesus prepared for you. He says, you know, he said in John 14, he said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. In the Father's house, there are many mansions, many dwelling places. And those dwelling places, those mansions in the Father's house, that's his body. There's a, there's a place in, in, in Papa for you that you sit, that you occupy. And so it's becoming aware of that. In him, you live and you move and you have your being. This is a reality. And this is the knowing. This is the knowing that keeps you strong. This place is the secret place. It's not, it's, you know, this is, I don't know, it's not, you know, the altar in your bedroom. No, the secret place is in him. And staying aware of this union, recognizing that you're never separate, that there is no you apart from Jesus Christ. That is a deception. That is an illusion. That is a fallen construct that's been programmed into our minds by a fallen world. And so, but this place, this place of union, this place of oneness is how we overcome. And the work that the Lord is doing is really cutting off, pruning off every other reality (laughs) except this one. All of the illusions that keep us in a, in a version of ourselves that is less than this one that is one with him. 
you know, I used to read like Brother Lawrence practicing the presence. And I was always terrible at that. I would forget, like, you know, I'd try it and then I'd forget it like 30 seconds later. And then I'd remember, oh, yeah, trying to practice the presence of God. But it always felt so um, nebulous or so, um, like, what is the presence of God? Like, what is the presence of God? How do you describe the presence of God? And how am I practicing this presence of God? Just becoming aware of the atmosphere of heaven around me and I kept becoming aware of the presence of God that indwells every atom and holds everything together by the word of his mighty power. Is that what I'm becoming aware of? And all of these things are part of it for sure. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, he's everywhere. He's in everything. He's all in all. He's all in all. But truthfully, practicing the presence of God is abiding in the vine. It's, it's truthfully, it's, it's this idea that you are practicing your union. And when I say practicing it, I'm going to say this, experiencing it. It's, it's not meant to be an identity that we declare over ourselves every day so we can pump ourselves up for our day. Not that there's anything wrong with reminding ourselves who we are in Christ and speaking that out over ourselves, but this your identity is, an, is, a, is a way of being. Your identity is meant to be experienced. Your identity is meant to be something that you live out of, not something that you that you visit or that you hear about. And so my question is, how often are we living out of that, that true identity? How, how often are we actually experiencing that true identity? And the reality is that the plan that God has for your life, the purpose that God has for your life, the, the things that God has called you to do, you can't do any other way. Any more than Jesus could have fulfilled his mission or fulfilled his, his purpose any other way. He said, if you don't believe me because of the words that I speak, well, believe me because of the works that I do. And so our working, working just means being. The works that he was doing was just going about his day. And so experiencing, you know, even, even practice, when you say practicing the presence, sometimes it feels like, you know, it's like, just like a discipline you do. Like I'm practicing something. No, it's a way of life. And until we get established and really integrated with Jesus at a subconscious level, we're going to be living out of a false identity, at least part of the time. At least part of the time, we will forget, we will have forgotten who we really are. And, and we, as we live out of this place where we've forgotten who we really are, even if it's just for 10 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, um, just our potential, first of all, gets totally, you know, diminished. But secondly, the wonder and awe of, of life gets lost. Because when you're when you're experiencing your union, you're awake. You're awake to the spirit realm, you're awake to the glory realm, you're awake to what's happening. I mean a leaf doesn't look the same. You know, if you really look at it, you can look through it. It's like all of a sudden the limitations of time and space start to melt away. And you start to live out of this reality that is unconstrained. 
And so how do you like go through life like this, Shalise? Well, I think that's one of the biggest lessons from, from Brother Lawrence is that he just learned to like wash dishes like this. He learned to just to do simple things with an awareness of the presence of God. <laughs> so how does that practically apply even to like your, your week this week? I don't have the answer, but I am asking, how does it, how does, how does your week change? Or how does your day change? How does your experience of life change? If you, if you were just walking in, as one with God this week, I don't think you'd probably have Monday morning dread. You've got Monday morning dread. And the other thing that I think is kind of interesting about when we're, you're in that place is that scripture in John 5 where I'd like to read it in the voice translation where Jesus talked about just the Father's agenda, where he was just on the Father's agenda. He says this, I have never acted and will not act in the future on my own. I listen to the directions of the one who sent me and I act on these divine instructions. For this reason, my judgment is always fair and never self-serving. I'm committed to pursuing God's agenda and not my own. But I think this is kind of interesting. He says, if I stand as the lone witness to my true identity, then I can be dismissed as a liar. But if you listen, you will hear another testify about me. And I know what he says about me as genuine and true. But I think this is interesting here about this true identity that Jesus is talking about here, because that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about our true identity and living out of that true identity. But when you're living out of that true identity, there is this agenda that you're connected to that makes your weak significant regardless of what's kind of on your calendar. You're just seeking God's agenda. You know, God's agenda for the day. Like God's agenda for every conversation that you're having with every person that you're having a conversation with. I mean, Jesus just was connected in that way. And so as he just went around his day and talked to people and ministered to people or whatever he was doing, going to a wedding or going to the temple or whatever he was doing. He was connected to this agenda. And I don't know, I mean, how how aware are we of that? Or do we wake up just kind of dull and wake up just kind of going about our day and it never really occurs to us? And all of those things, if, it, if you are waking up that way and it never really occurs to you, that's just another example of a way that you're, that you're living independent. You're living, and that's a false, it's a false identity. It's a false identity to live independent from God. So part of what I believe that the Lord is doing is I kind of like see him cutting these puppet strings. And these puppet strings are things that pull us out, out of 
that place of oneness and that they, they, they just, they, they manipulate us and they control us into, uh, action. They control our actions. They motivate our actions. They, they drive us in certain directions. And I, I'm just telling you, the Lord is just clipping that. He's just clipping those things that drive us that are not we're to be animated by him. To be motivated and driven by him. And so I just see those strings just being clipped, clipped, clipped. Some of us may be in a season of like, it's kind of a nothing season. It's like you almost feel like you got sat down or, or it's like, I don't even understand this season. Like what's going on with this season? It feels quiet. It feels non-active or something. And it really is like this place where God is, it's like he's synchronizing his movements with you. It's like he's He's doing a, a work of calibrating your movements with his movements. It's like you're operating almost like a like in a mirror, like you're becoming a mirror of him. That when he when, when you look in the mirror, you it's God. And God, when he looks in the mirror, it's you. And every movement that you make is a mirror image of what God is doing. Oh, this may seem like, this is just out there. What are you talking about? I am talking about a people that operate as one with God. I'm talking about a people who are continually experiencing their union and are abiding in the vine. Not, be, I mean, not as a theory, not as a scripture we read, but as a people that literally are living the way that Jesus lived. So that when you look at them, you can say, if you've seen me, I've seen the Father. And it feels arrogant to even start to think about it that way. Like, who am I? Who am I to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Well, every single one of us is the body of Christ. And so every single one of us, when we see you, we should see Christ. And operating any other way is a is a mindset that needs to be removed, renewed. It's a stronghold. Independence is a way of thinking. Separation from God is a way of thinking. Believing you have an identity apart from Christ is a mindset. And I'll tell you, the enemy does not want us to get this. Because the power that flows from this place, when it's really no longer you, but Christ in you that's operating, is unstoppable. I mean, the Bible talks about a power that raised up Jesus from the dead, and it's the same power that dwells in us. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says that, you know, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know the hope of our calling. And then he starts to talk about this power that is that, it, that is in us, this inheritance that is in us, that it's the same power that, that he wrought in Jesus when he raised him from the dead and put him at the right hand of the Father. There is so much power in us. I mean, there is indescribable power, indescribable glory, really designed, really designed to operate like Jesus. Greater works than this. Exploits. Exploits. And so if there's a, if you are in a season where it just feels like a sit down or like you're, 
it's just just slower. You're just, there's just a, it's just a quiet, there's something like you're just not in that crazy season of go, go, go or something. I just want to encourage you that that, this is a, you're being, there's a, a syncopation that's happening. There's a, man, there's a deep work of integration that Jesus is doing in your, in your mind. And I want to challenge you because even, you know, as God's been doing this even in my own life, He's really challenged me, um, even in the places of inner healing and things where I've gone and I've had incredible encounters with the Lord and, you know, it's been, he's ministered to me in such wonderful ways. The Lord has even been starting to take me back into to past encounters and things and said, now, this was amazing. I'm so happy that, that this happened, but now I need you to integrate with me here. So instead of you experiencing this vision with me and you as two, I want you to experience this vision in me. God wants to be revealed <laughs> through our lives. I mean, it's like, I'm saying such obvious things. I get it. <sighs> and I thank you, Lord, that that is a work that you are, that only you can really do. That we can't reveal you. <laughs> that that's just more of the same. <laughs> that's just more of the same. And you are detoxing us from performance. You are detoxing us from works. And you are detoxing us from ways of thinking and being that ultimately boil down to separated ways of being. I think that that is the root really of religion. Separation really, really is at the root of it. It's something that we're doing apart from God to somehow connect with God, believe God, please God. And I think that union just eradicates all of it. It just eradicates all of that performance. There's a little note here right here in the voice translation that's between verse 40 and 41 here in John chapter 5. And here's what it says. It says, Jesus is the source of life, the animating energy of creation that humanity desperately lacks. I love that phrase, the animating energy. Jesus is the source, the animating energy. And I, be, I really believe that that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing it's like these puppets that are just getting their strings cut and becoming animated with the energy of Christ. And really, it's a picture of freedom where nothing external controls us. Not the opinions of other people, not the circumstances that we're facing, not the pressures and the stresses of things that come against us, but there is an internal animation and a place of imperviousness that you, you are, hmm, I love it the way in Philippians it talks about being self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency, self-sustaining it doesn't mean that you don't need other people, that we're not in fellowship with other people, that's not what I'm talking about, this is just really about identity. This is about an identity 
that has its origin and source and a way of being that we are living out of. It's funny. It's like I always can, it's, I don't know if I'm hearing like the, the people's thoughts on the podcast or if they're people in the room. I never know what I'm hearing. Jesus used to talk about this, like, you know, perceiving their thoughts. He would respond to the question. And a lot of times when I'm teaching, I'll perceive like questions or perceive things people are saying. And I'm just kind of sensing this idea of like, at least that's completely impractical. Like what you were suggesting is completely impractical. Um, I think what I'm suggesting is completely impossible. But I also know that it's called, it's absolutely the gospel. And what I'm saying is this is, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. God's doing something to you so that he can do something through you. And really what he's doing is he's renewing your mind. Because he's already done something to you. You're already a new creation. You're already one with God. You're already more powerful than you can imagine. So what he's doing to you is he's changing your perception of yourself. He's getting you to agree with what he's already done. He's leading and guiding you into all truth. And for some people, he's sitting them down (laughs) while he does that work. For some people, he's pushing them out of the boat and making them walk on water while he does the work. There's no particular way it looks except the way that's best for you. I feel like the reason why the Lord wants me to share this tonight is because sometimes we get confused. Like, what in the world are you doing? I feel like, what are you doing? What are you doing in my life? What are you doing in my life? What are you doing to me? He's setting you free. He's setting you free from a false identity. He's setting you free from a false way of being. He's setting you free from the things that control and manipulate you and drive you and keep you trapped in a version of yourself that is inauthentic. And he's using all of the circumstances in your life to reveal you to you. Either now or later. (laughs) Now or later. Not sure where it fits for you. But either now or later, he will take you into a place where the supernatural is not optional. If you are following him and you are sold out and you are on track, like, I'm going where you take me, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. You're sold out. You're like, my life is not my own. You're like the disciples. I've left my boat. I'm following you. Like, you're that. You're a sold out believer. Either now or later, he's taking you to a place where you where the supernatural is not optional. And not only that, where you can't go unless you're in your true identity. (laughs) You can't dismantle systems. You can't sit on top of mountains. You can't deal with territorial spirits and the things that, that God's called you to do as you. 
Is the old you that was crucified with Jesus that still exists in your mind? No, you have to go as him. You go one with him. Woo! And let's be clear, the devil knows if you know. (laughs) He knows if you know. He sees you whether you do or not. That's why he blinds. That's why he blinds. That's why he blinds. Because he doesn't want you to see what he sees. He doesn't want you to see what he sees. Because when you see what he sees, he's, he's light just dispels. Love just casts out fear. There's no fight. There's no fight with the light. There's no fight in the light. There's no fight when you, when you're awake. Thank you, Lord. It is such a returning to God's original intent, original glory, original Possession, original, it's just the original everything, isn't it? It's just the, the, it is truly a return, yes. And so I just want to pray. Father, I just thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives. And I I thank you that you're, you're going to finish the good work you began. You're going to bring it to completion. You're the author of it, and you're the finisher of it. You're the the originator of it, and you're the every single step of it. I thank you that this is not a human. This is not human in, in origin. I thank you that this is by divine design. And that, Lord, I just speak grace. I speak grace over each of us in the season that we find ourselves, and I bless the process that you are taking each of us through to get in agreement with you. I thank you, Father, that you are so good. You're so good that this is this is a fun adventure. That this isn't some laborious, um, only if that's our perspective of it. But thank you, Lord, that you're, I don't know, you're just ripping those those constructs away, Father, so that we can enjoy the process of mind renewal with you. It's like waking up Christmas morning. That it's fun to wake up. <laughs> it's fun to recognize the truth. It's fun to open up the presence of your presence. And I thank you, Lord, that no matter where we find ourselves in this process, Father, that I thank you that you're not letting go for those that are going through the difficult seasons in that, Father. I just I just pray, Father, that you would, I don't know, speak the truth that they need to hear if nothing else, so that they'll know that it's you. And Father, I just release a... 
like this whirlwind. It's almost like the the Wonder Woman whirlwind, where you spin and you spin and you spin and you spin, and then whoo! Got your superhero outfit on. But that's what I release, Lord. I just release this whirlwind of the Holy Spirit around us, Lord, so that we, boy, that we are just revealed as the supernatural beings that you've created us to be in Christ. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. And I thank you that we are doing exploits. I thank you that those exploits with our names on them, that we're, we're on the scene, right where you've called us to be, with the right words and the right anointing, and we just are like Jesus. We know what we are to do. We thank you for the miracle-working power that's flowing through our lives and the blessing, Father, that we are to others everywhere we go. I thank you that we're an answer to prayer, Father, for people. And we thank you for those divine appointments, even this week, that will be will be a blessing, Father, to others this week, that you have divine appointments on our schedule, Father, just to release your love and your glory into the lives of others. Yeah, and I just bless a, bless our week, Father. And I thank you, uh, yeah, that we can just um, expect a greater level of experiential union with you this week. In Jesus' name.